See that guy there? I'll, I'll point to a UFC fight. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, the, I train with the striking coach. Yeah, my coach used to train. My, my coach, coach trains him My too. coach trains him. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is true. I learned off you, Sam, and I learned off Johnny as well. So. Cassidy now. You don't want to get him upset. Throws thunder. Sam Cassidy. Definitely blood from the mouth. He's a big boy, though. Swing Welcome to Striker Chat. Bringing you the characters of Australian Muay Thai. Oh, with your hosts, Snack Moy, Cassidy, and not Snack Moy, Old Man Gundy. That's a tough cookie, though. He's taking all of what Panda Banks is throwing at him right now. Oh, good back hand there from Cassidy. You can call it what you want, but it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. And we're back. Episode 4, brother. We're getting there, mate. We're getting there. We're racking them up. Well, it's one month in now, mate. How are you feeling about them? Mate, honestly, really, really enjoying the process. Like, you know, same thing every week. I don't seem to be saying, but yeah, I'm <laughs> really enjoying the process. Everyone's loving it. You know, we're getting we're yeah. getting good. Uh, I mean, not, we're not killing it like a Rogan, but uh, look, we're... Uh, humble um, beginnings, my humble friend. Beginnings, humble, humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's good that, that we've uh, getting some support from the community itself. Yeah. It's you good, know? man. But you know that's what I mean? the Muay Thai community as well, you know? Exactly. You know, but Everyone backs each other up, mate, you know, especially during these freaking stupid times of the uh, yeah, C-19s. Let's not call it stupid. Let's, uh, let's not judge it. Let's <laughs> not judge it. Let's just live with it and uh, roll with it. But, mate, during the week, there's been some fucking great news. Yeah, thank the Lord Jesus for yeah, that. Man. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For I that mean. bold man down in Balaclava, Mr. Sainaji. Yes. He's, uh, he's given the Victorian Muay Thai a hope. Yeah. Uh, Rebellion Muay Thai is going ahead. So, um, 2nd of September? I think so. So, that's this weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend, is Next, it? Yeah. Um, Alexi Petrullius versus River Daz. We touched on it, I think, on the first episode. Yeah. Cracker of a fight. Cracker of a fight. Um, Alexi, obviously, never goes backwards. River Daz, very, very, very slick. Mm-hmm. So how is this going to be working? Is it going to be the same format, like a roots as well? They have the they have the uh, the the minor cards or the pre card. Um, so the the card itself has been substantially uh, decreased just because Combat Sports Victoria and Sai had to come to an agreement on obviously capacity and things like that, what they can and yeah. can't do, how many people can be in there. So it's a it's a no no live crowd event. So kind of similar to what one championship have been doing and we're doing you know it's a but this will be pretty much like a pay-per-view event type of scenario okay yeah so no, that's yeah so no, no crowds that's only also i was saying there's only going to be the fighters the promoters oh the, the, the part of the promotion crew um obviously the the cornerman um and the production crew yeah for the live streaming and like the health officials so yeah. obviously there'll be doctors on standby there'll yep. be judges yep. there'll be the refs but yeah as skeleton a, crew as limited as possible mm-hmm. uh, uh, do we have any fo- um, when i say we i mean <laughs> super, super fight, fight. Uh, um, look i am part of that super i'm that is my family not yet there is a there's a slight possibility we might be jumping in uh we might be sending one of the boys in for uh, there might be a pullout because obviously they've only just kind of announced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, our boy. Um, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Blake? So Blake is out for a little bit. He's nothing too serious, but yeah. just um, he's had a bit of an ongoing knee. I think knee he needs niggle. a rest. I think he needs a rest. Well, he needs a rest. He's mate. been in camp for like twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's only nineteen, but he's been in camp for twenty years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nah, he's, 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 he's been. In, <laughs> 
But um, yeah, mate. Like, like we've touched on already. Like, I'm excited. It's it's good. You promoters, man. Fuck, you're the best. I honestly, know. yeah. We give Respect you the hard that. time sometimes, you know, with our <laughs> matchups and shit like that. But fuck me, man. Sorry, yeah. man. Just going above and beyond. Like, like we said, man. He doesn't need to do this. You know what I mean? It's mm. so much. It would be. It honestly be so much easier to just wipe it off and be like, oh well. It is what it is. We're in the middle of fucking COVID. We're in the middle of lockdown. But, yeah. man, the man loves Muay Thai. The man loves promotion. So, the man gives, mate. It's a serv- it's it's, a, it's the service, man. Like it's it's a, it's awesome that we have people. I mean, this is what makes the industry. This is what makes the the, the what's what makes Australian Muay Thai. Exactly. It's these people, the people behind the scenes, the people that are, are promoting the fighters. You know, and and then and then they want to showcase the best fighters in this country. Those are the people that need to be fucking put up in a pedestal, man. Yeah, exactly. I, so, sorry. And the fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fighters. Oh, uh, man, it's all part and parcel, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, obviously, there's... It's... For, for people that don't know, so we're... Obviously, we're in Victoria, so Victoria, Australia. It's um, it's a it's a very tricky situation with even just being able to train. Yeah. yeah. So, we've had a few issues with, uh, you know, the men of the law. Yes. Who... Uh, I don't want to get political because I'm not that type of thing, no, but you no, know what it's I mean? It's not they, a political podcast, can't they've, <laughs> they've come to the gym, you know, and like they come strong in numbers and they don't know what they're enforcing, which is the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like in the, the legalities are, we've got the boys in there, they're training, they're professional athletes. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and these people, there is, you know, obviously up until uh, yesterday, that it wasn't confirmed, but there was always the push for the fight show to be on. So you have to be. They had to be. They had prepared. to be prepared. You, you know? have and to prepare. Yeah. There's only so much you can do in a park. Yeah. So that that's been difficult, man. And credit to all these guys. You know, like it's the same as the promoters. We could the fighters could roll over and just go, oh well, it's written off. But that's not what fighters do, eh? No, it's fighters not. fight. Be, be prepared. Fighters be fight. prepared at all times. It's like a good like, boy scout. It's hard. <laughs> it's it's a difficult thing. You know, you you almost feel like you're doing something wrong just by going and mm. training, mm. which is. Just a whole nother kettle of fish. I don't want to go down that path, but it, it's hard to watch. I mean, it's hard to see that. Yeah. But we uh, we prevail like the great man side has, and we we got the show. Um, I don't think we'll be in attendance unless our boy gets on, which is fine. Okay, but okay. If That's so, okay. mate, I'll be fucking paying. Yeah. I'll buy fucking two subscriptions just because of, you know, it's... How about, like, no, nah, we'll, next week... Or when the fight's on, we get together. We let it get together. No, so I don't think we even know how to, mate. But <laughs> we'll, we will. <laughs> yeah, we're in the park at the moment. You know, we're down at the Elwood Park here. Yeah, um, out in the fresh air. Out in the fresh air. <laughs> Jesus, fucking cold. This is but what we do for you guys, mate. We sacrifice <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> I'd rather do. I'd rather. I want to see your face, mate. I want. I want to see so we can interact. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to zoom. Which yeah. we'll be, we, we, we'll be zooming later on, but it's okay to zoom. But yeah, I'd rather be face to face. That's why we sit out here in the fucking cold. But like we got a good, a nice cup uh, of coffee here. Human contact is very important, man. Yeah. You don't and we're not contacting like each other. We've no, still got no, our, we're still got our 1.5. Just having a bit of a laugh, mate. Well, but let's get back into I mean, I mean, yeah, enough of that. <laughs> on <laughs> that note, like I was saying, man, yeah. I'll be buying a ticket. Yeah. Um, I, I'd highly... I'm going to buy a ticket too. I don't sure. know how many... Hopefully there's millions of you listening to this one, but I want you all... <laughs> To get on there, man, and support this show, you know, because it's size. Obviously, he won't even talk about it. He never will. But he's going to take a loss. Yeah, there's no if buts or maybe's about oh, it. Oh Jesus, he's, he's going to take a loss. Yeah. But he's doing it for the people. Yeah. So you know, hopefully, any sponsors, anyone, or just the general public, get on there, man. Why? Yeah, it's, it's less than a round of piss. It's less than a round of drinks, and you know, and you can't go to the pub. Yeah. So 
put it towards something good. Support look, the local um, fighters. He's support um, the shows. he's obviously sold tickets for the fights that have been cancelled. Yeah, and he's encouraged people to to um to 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 forfeit. But man, we're gonna encourage you guys if you can, you know, not to forfeit it. Let I mean, let the promoters they I mean they need that sort of money to help with the next promotion or, or oh even know. just to pay these fighters, you know. Yeah, and, and to pay the going fighters to pay for free. Yeah. So, but if you if you if you can't afford it, mate, by all means, by all means, mate, oh, exactly. take exactly. the refund. But he's also got another little initiative. It's um, if you go when you do purchase your um, uh, was it live stream? Yeah, yeah. live stream ticket. You can go to a special link. So you can go to a fighter, and then that and uh, then all you, fighters have yeah, their own link. Little do, does, they, does that money get donated? So no, I think it might. Con- I, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. I think it, yeah, might contribute account? to their purse. A cut it from it usually yeah. does. Like in normal times, if you sell tickets, yeah, yeah, you'll get say five bucks per ticket or something like that. Yeah. So guys, guys, uh, dude, buy one if you can. If you can buy, if you can buy multi, buy multi, please. Yeah. You know, it, it just it just goes back. We're just giving back to. The, the promoters, exactly. you know, and I mean, us as public, we, if these promoters weren't here or these fighters weren't here, then we wouldn't have any entertainment. So We'd have yeah, nothing like, to talk about. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, I don't think so, man. I think we could fucking we could talk under the water, bruh. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so during the week, there'd been a few promotions. Yep, a few fights. And, uh, I mean, um, the, we had the return of the Muay, Muay, Muay Thai Grand Prix or the Muay Thai Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, we touched on that with uh, the Rebel last well, week. Yeah, yeah, we touched on yeah, and, and obviously we won't touch. We won't really touch on that because the Rebel's going to come back for his our for his WA segment. correspondent, our mate. WA correspondent, the old Sam Grafo over there. Um, but uh, in South Australia, there was um, uh, a promotion called. Uh, a yeah. small one, a small one. Nisa Fury. Oh, no, it's not small. It's been not small? No, I've been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Nisa Fury, yeah. Ethan Shep. Um, okay, you know a bit about this guy. Yeah. It was... The, uh, the reason I know about it is because he promoted all the best heavyweights. Oh, okay. So that's where, like, Paul Slawinski, Andre Munier, um, you know, all of the best heavyweights, they all fought Nisa Fury against each other. And a, a, mate that I, a guy that I've really become quite close with recently, I haven't actually had the chance to meet him yet, but a, a fellow named Brando Pericic, the, the, Bul- okay, yeah. the Balkan bear. The Balkan Bear. He's an unbelievable heavyweight coming through the scene. Yeah. He's that good. No one wants to fight him. I've been offered to fight him. So when you say Balkan Bear, you say you're talking about like the the, the Eastern European countries. Yeah, he's a Croatian fella. Man, what is it with those mob? Oh, man. The Eastern Eastern Bloc, they are so... Oh, man. Like I said, I haven't met him yet, but I'm pretty sure his head's the size of a 45-inch TV. (laughs) But, man, I tell you, so he he would always get in contact with me, like, uh, like with my personal life, with things with my mum and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we'd never met, but we'd both fought that giant, the the seven-foot, 175-kilo fighter. Okay, yep. And so, he, mate, this, Brando, shout out to you, man. I I hope you're listening. You're a fucking, you're a legend, man. I hope you get to... uh, get a fight soon. He was actually supposed to rematch that seven-foot giant on this show, but yeah. the lockdown caused the, caused the issue that he couldn't get on there. So he would have main evented it. But uh, main event, I think it was one of Pinky's boys, was it? Oh, well, Pinky cornered um, because I don't, I'm not sure. I've just, I just been touching base with Pinky every now and then, man. I haven't met the guy, but we, we had a phone call the other week. I never met him. I haven't met him. We we talked and we think we talked for about forty five minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> we oh, just yeah. shot the breeze. He's Man, a legend, such a, great guy. a legend, a legend. And obviously we're going to get this guy on. But he had two two young fellows fighting. Panna, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. One guy. Panna, he looks like he's. I think he's a 
It might be a Greek dude, I'm assuming, because yeah, he, um, he looks like he's made out of four stone. Four days notice well. to to jump on board, and obviously unlucky. Um, just unfortunately, he didn't didn't get the get the. Cookies. It's always hard, mate. But that's you know? Pinky's boys, man. They're very similar to Super uh, Boys, anywhere, anytime. And I'm not sure about the other fella. I'm not. I think his sure. name was Simon, from what I remember. Yeah, but, uh, but look, in coming weeks, I'm gonna get the boy. I'm gonna get my man. Pinky Donald. I, I asked him what his real name is. It's Pinky, mate. <laughs> no, his name is actually yeah. He so he went he went to the yeah uh, burst burst and deaths um, certificate yeah uh, whatever registration and actually legally changed his name to Pinky. But a big shout out to you, Matt Pink Man. <laughs> Honestly, um, definitely we're gonna yeah, like you guys. One of our it. biggest supporters so yeah. far, Pink Man. I love you, brother. And he's uh, got a great YouTube channel as well. Pinky's yeah, Rants. Pinky's Rants. Man, Pinky's I love Rants. It. I love it. Oh, mate. That's what I love about some of these people. You know, man, they're no fucking, no bullshit. Shoot straight from the hip, you know. Yeah. He touch, he t- and he touches on everything relevant in the Muay Thai industry. Mm. It's, they're not a rant. They're, they're quite little philosophical um, bits and morsels, mate. Yeah, they're, like, they're nice. They're nice. Yeah, he likes to, you know, downplay himself a bit, the old pink. But, oh, mate, no. they're, honestly, I love him, man. I look forward to him. And now he's got a countdown timer going to and stuff like that. It's a building <laughs> the suspense. Oh, fuck. I think I've, I've, t- I've taken a leaf out of his book. And, 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 and as, as you guys know, I've just been... Going psycho and posting about our, our oh, great podcast. It's our baby at the moment. <laughs> yeah. you know? But as you know, guys, our guest this week is a good friend of ours, a good a good associate of you. You know, you, you trained with him at uh, Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah, man. I've known yeah. him for quite a few years. Uh, he's a good man. He's a good man. I um, He helped me with my striking. Oh, no, nah, not really. He just... Pretend. I, I say that I trained under him, but I, you know, it's one of those uh, boutique <laughs> training courses you go down to Moi, at uh, Tiger Muay Thai. But after the break, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sam the Sledgehammer Bastard. And welcome back. <laughs> I met Sammy just before the pandy, February, was it? Yeah, February uh, 2020 at at Tiger Muay Thai. Sammy taught me a Sammy taught me a, a few a few things, and uh, didn't he teach you a few things, Sam? <laughs> He definitely did. He, uh, Sammy was my uh, boxing coach for my last fight. The one that touched on the uh, Trinity Rules fight. So, without further. Yeah, mate. Fucking oath. But wait, can't let's uh, wait. Without further ado, <laughs> we have Sammy the Sledgehammer Baston. <laughs> How you going there, Sammy? Yeah, I'm good, guys. How how we doing? Good, brother. Good, mate. First and foremost, mate, thank you for uh, for jumping on today and having a yarn with us, bro. No, it's good. Thank you guys for uh, bringing me on to your podcast. Mate, let's just crack straight into it, eh, Sammy? Obviously, you know, we've uh, we've known each other for, for quite a few years now, you know, bouncing back and forth from Tiger. And like I said, touched on, you yeah. you were my, my boxing coach for, for my last fight, which, um, mate, was a fucking great experience. But let's go back, bro. So yeah. where are you from originally, you know? Uh, were you always interested in martial arts as a younger kid and stuff like that? Or talk us through your evolution yeah. of getting involved in your boxing and your MMA. I grew up in a grew up in a small country town called Ellenborough Falls, Elands. Um, there's a population of about 120 people. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was my home my hometown, and then uh, the surrounding towns around that were Wingham and Tari. Um, yeah, I spent most of my life around that area when I was younger and. Was that yeah. was it like a farming farming towns or what mining yeah, or yeah all those all those 
small towns are all like farming towns and um, yeah, like all livestock towns and uh, food pr pr produce towns and stuff like that. Fucking blue collar, blue collar. It's all hard workers, mate. Yeah. Blue collar workers. So you you out you out on the farm as a young kid, huh? That's what built the toughness and uh, probably built the cardio for you, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It was uh, it was a good upbringing, you know. Like uh, we're out in the property and doing a lot of stuff around the farm and around the house and that. So out in uh, nature, yeah, mate, can't beat it. Upbringing as well. And so let's let's crack into your so you're quite a quite a well known uh, MMA fighter throughout the industry, but you've you've transitioned more into the into the boxing world, the uh, Cunny Boxing Academy, I like to call it. So where did that all start off, man? Did you start off um, boxing or, you know, Taekwondo? What, what was your first introduction yeah. to, to martial arts? My first ever introduction to martial arts, I started doing Kung Fu when I was about seven years old. Um, I spent uh, maybe two or three years there. I don't really remember any of that, though. Um, you know, that was just getting into different martial arts and stuff like that. And then once I, once I was about 12, 13 years old, I, I got into a bit of boxing. Um, just started, started training a little bit of boxing and then you're not allowed to compete until you're 14 years old in New South Wales. Yeah. That might've, that might've changed now. Um, but yeah, that's when I started competing in amateur boxing and spent the next six, seven years doing that, uh, fighting all through New South Wales and up in Queensland and, yeah, it's quite interesting. What's, what what records yeah. there? What 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 was your record there in the amateur boxing scene? Uh, I lost a, I lost a lot and won a couple here and there and uh, started grinding away. Yeah, just grinding away. I had, I had about thirty five amies and um, I probably I, I lost a bit more than what I won. So I'd say it was about like seventeen and nineteen or something like that. Yeah, and so with when you first started, was that? on your own accord or was, was your, you know, was your old man into martial arts or was it, was it a family thing that got you into the Kung Fu or you just watched a few movies one day and thought, fucking, I want to, I want to, want to learn what's going on over there. No, it's, uh, you know, everyone's got a little bit of a story in that, but yeah, I was getting bullied in, in school and that. And yeah. my old boy got me into, get, get me into some martial arts and a bit of boxing in that. And yeah. So oh, learn how to handle myself and when I needed to take care of myself and, yeah, that's how it all, all started, I guess. All right, and then so so from the from your ammo, ammo boxing days, you did you transition straight over to MMA from there, or did you have a couple of pro fights, pro boxing yeah, fights, so or straight after the straight after the Amis, um, I had I had my first pro MMA fight when I was eighteen. And I maybe I spent about two weeks doing a bit of wrestling and jujitsu. I didn't really know. Uh, <laughs> I just knew how to throw hands and um, yeah, just wanted to punch on, huh? Yeah, got in the cage and gave it a go and got the first one out of the way. So that was that was that was good, good experience. And then from there, obviously, you developed the bug to to go a bit deeper into the into the MMA realm and you know get your get your ground game working along with the hands. Yeah, that's it. You know, like I uh, got in, got involved with the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling, uh, a bit of kickboxing and Muay Thai, a little bit of everything. Because you, I mean, MMA is exactly what is it, what it is. It's mixed martial arts, and you need uh, different aspects of of the fight game to help you get through all of that. And so, just touching on that, like jiu-jitsu and things like that, did you did you pursue that in the way of like uh, gaining belts and things like that? Did you go through the grading system of the jiu-jitsu? 
Yeah, to start with, I did. I mean, I'm still a white belt, but yep. uh, I went to a couple of went to a couple of BJJ tournaments and that too, and competed a little bit there. Nothing too serious. Yeah. Um, I mean, we trained. We trained. You know, we trained for a couple of years with jujitsu and wrestling and stuff like that, but. More just I mean, um, more fight can, specific stuff rather than the actual jujitsu as a, as a practice practice itself. Yeah, yeah, more submission grappling and stuff like that, and situational drills and stuff. And as, as you do in the gyms, um, you know, like I didn't spend my I didn't really spend too much time in the in the BJJ industry competing or anything like that. But um, I mean, I was still fighting quite often and getting around and trying to get my fight. Yeah, a bit like how we prepped for the last fight. I think I did one wrestling class and one jiu-jitsu class for the MMA round of the fight. If we, just in case we needed it, I said, yep, sweet. I know how to, I know how to do a hip escape now, so we're sorted. <laughs> so um, so after that, so you, you went through, I think, what did you end up having, 15 MMA fights? Yeah, I had 14 MMA. 14 um, MMA, yeah. I went, I went seven and seven as a pro. Yeah. Um, but no, but... Know, but, like, but by no means of, you know, um, being out of competition. Like I've I've heard some fucking wild stories about things you've taken on, like s- state champions on two days' notice and things like that, or just like you're just always raring and willing to fucking jump in there at the drop of a hat. So it was yeah, it, your it. your biggest downfall was not, uh, uh, for lack of a better terminology, was lack of preparation, and that wasn't because of your training camps. It was because of the the timelines you were given. You were always known for having yeah, like one week fights fight camps. Know. <laughs> happened a lot of, uh, on occasions, you know, like where we would, um, where we'd get late, late minute, late notice fights or uh, opponent changes or you know bad matchups with, with like higher level competition and stuff like that. So, you know, it happened. It happened more than half the time, half of my fights, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I would say, you know, and I also like I took a lot of, I took a lot of hard fights and. You know, I was always interested in just getting in there and, and giving it a go and doing my best and that. But that's, you know, that's not the smartest way around things. Yeah, mate. I, you know, I, I do the exact same thing, mate. I'm, I'm always, you know, yeah. when you, you got confidence in yourself. If you don't have confidence in yourself, but if you if you got the call to take on the world champion on the fucking, you know, it's Thursday night, you're at the pub and they go, oh, we need someone to have a shot at the world champion. But like, fuck it. I'll have a shot at him, man. You yeah, know what I mean? Because if I catch him, bro, then I'm, you know, I'm the Rocky story. Oh, yes. So that was a New South Wales date boxing title you won. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I won a, um, an amateur state title when <laughs> I was younger. I won, I won two of those and oh. like re- rebuilds and I, I done the golden gloves as well. Like that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I was all when I was very young, like, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, it was good. It was interesting. You know, we'd, we'd always get our guys together and sometimes we would travel like from, from Tari to Glen Innes and stuff oh, yeah. like that, which is like six, seven hour drive. Um, so we take the boys, take the boys up on the bus and that, and you know, get the, get the fights done and get a bit rowdy at the end of the of course. at the end of the trip. There's nothing like there's nothing like yeah, a boys trip away, is there? <laughs> no. So pretty much, you just went on a footy trip, but you forgot the footy and just did the punch ons. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Half the time, yeah, we took it. You know, we hired a bus. Hired a minibus, not yeah. We touched on this last week with uh, with Roy Wills about (laughs) the the actual teamwork and the camaraderie that goes into combat sports. A lot of people don't know and don't get to see. You know, so things like that are awesome. eh? Or you go even small time, small things. You go to a sparring day with your your gym versus another gym, and you all get in the car together. you just having a spa, but you G yourselves up, eh? You're like, yeah, yeah, we'll go and we'll fucking teach these cunts a lesson, and then we'll have then we'll sink some piss after it, like. 
it's just it's it's a it's a, a mentality that uh, not a mentality. It's a thing that a lot of people don't get to see about you know going on these team teamwork uh, these team fucking adventures going halfway across the state just to just to box and things like that. Yeah, that's it. People don't see that, you know. They don't they don't see um yeah, the team camaraderie and they don't see all the all the stuff behind closed doors either, you know, like all the all the hard work that you guys put in and uh when you're tra- training and prepping for fights and no no one sees that. They just see two people in the ring or in the cage punching on and that's all they get to see, right? Yeah. That's all they get to see. And so now you're you're obviously very very well renowned as a coach, so you've gone off into the to the other side of the ropes now so what we'll do Sammy boy we'll just uh, we'll have a little bit of a break there man and then if you don't mind we'll get into your coaching career man and the path you're on at the moment yeah perfect sounds good cheers getting fit can be a boring and daunting task come find your flow state where you're working hard but enjoying it at the same time we have kids and ladies classes for boxing and Muay Thai. From beginners to professional fighters, we cater for all walks of life. With some of the best Muay Thai and boxing coaches in Melbourne, we will sharpen up your technique, give you advice on strength and conditioning, or if you just want the sense of belonging while getting fit, Superfight Gym is for you. You can find us on Instagram at Superfight, that is S-U-P-E Fight, and Facebook at Superfight Muay Thai and Boxing Fitness. Or come see us at Level 1, 85 Inkerman Street in St Kilda. That's Level 1, 85 Inkerman Street in St Kilda. Let us be your next fitness family. The fucker, alright. <laughs> And we're back. Well, where did we where did we left off? We we left off um, at the end of Sam, Sam's fighting career. Sam's fighting career, and then transitioning into being one of the most world renowned boxing coaches at probably the most world renowned MMA gym. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I mean, I was always I was always coaching. I was always coaching and fighting at the same time. So uh, it always you know I always felt like I was learning and prog- progressing as a both a fighter and a coach as I was going through. Mm. So what made you get into coaching then, mate? I was just around it, you know what I mean. I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, I, I'm competing, I'm tra- always training, and then, yeah, just the, lo- the love for the love for martial arts and different sports in in the martial arts scene as well. So, I was always around it, and why not why not work in in that field as well? So, mate, so with the coaching career, did that start back home there in New South Wales, or was it your coaching career kind of started in Thailand? Because I know you're over there in Thailand originally for to, pro- to pro- progress in your MMA career and your boxing career. But so, yeah, tell us, where did your coaching start? Where you, you kind of went, oh, well, this is me now. I'm, I'm, I'm coach Sammy Baston. Yeah, so um, I've pretty much been coaching from the start of when I when I started boxing as well. Like, I mean, I got into it, had a couple of fights and stuff like that, and I was always helping out helping out in the gyms. And So you've always been had that nurturing, um, like, personality of just helping people and wanting to wanting them to, to, yeah. to progress and, and get making them better, yeah? Oh. Yeah, that's it, making them better. And also, uh, I feel like being a coach also helps you as being a fighter. You see things differently and you have a, a, a different view and a different approach to, 
mm. uh, your your own competition as well. Sammy, do you get the same same sort of feel as well? Yeah, well, to be fair, man, the, the more more I held pads, the better my my hand eye became just like for my own boxing and things like that. It was just it was a bit of a strange one. Like I only was holding pads to help out and you know help out the other fighters and stuff like that as well. But then he's yeah, I feel like um. I feel like your timing and things also like even even if you're not training and and competing and you're spending more time coaching, I feel like your timing kind of stays around a little bit and um, yeah, your timing and your your balance and stuff like that it, it all it all locks in and helps each other. Yeah, what I, especially like because obviously not everyone throws a punch the same kind of way. You know what I mean? It's the same same logistics of getting from A to Z, but it's different angles and different things like that. And, you know, if you're holding pads for Southpaw, everything like that, you're, as a as a fighter, your your brain starts to develop more and more things. You see things better. And then I feel like when you go back to training yourself, it's just like it becomes a second nature that you can see a different movement. And it's just like I, coaching. Yeah, I think coaching helps a lot to fighters. Yeah, you keep building on that IQ, you know, as a coach, as a fighter, it, it, it all flows in and it helps, it helps each other, you know. Both, both sides help each other. And then, so from there, Sammy, let's let's get into obviously, you you became the head boxing coach of the world renowned Tiger Muay Thai. How did that opportunity actually present itself? And so I know you were training there for a long time as a fighter, but how did you yeah. get into that? How did you get into that, mate? In uh, 2014, I uh, I went to Tiger Muay Thai for for a three month holiday. There was a lady out there called Fiona Muxlow. She used to fight for I think. Invicta or Bellator or something like that. So I knew her from through other friends, friends of friends, and she was actually working in the uh, fitness department out there at the time. So that's actually how I got my foot in the door because I used to I used to teach like you know fitness and strength and conditioning and and cross training and shit like that too. And um, man of many talents, mate. Yeah. So she was out there working, and um, she said, oh, "I'm I'm, le- I'm leaving in in two weeks. You want to like take my job as assisting." assisting with the classes and i actually got when i got there i was doing that's what i started helping with assisting with the fitness classes before the boxing and um yeah so maybe about a year uh, six months a year after that like i ended up coming back to australia for a little bit and then i went back for work because they offered me like a full-time job and um yeah so maybe six months after i got back i ended up running uh, the boxing program because they were looking for someone to to teach like proper boxing not you know not muay thai boxing so yeah real boxing mate so was um was johnny out there johnny boxing out there when you were or did you did he come after um, yeah he came after so yeah john john boy's been, been there for maybe only two and a half three years yeah um so i was there yeah, so I started working there in about 2014, um, running the boxing classes. And then there was, I had another guy helping me as well, uh, John Priest. He's from America. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about him being there as well. Yeah, John, John, John Priest was there for a while. And then uh, me and him ran the program for a bit. And then after he left, I had another guy, uh, Saeed Salem. Um, he's from England. Oh, yeah. uh, he now he, he now train he now uh, coaches with um, Dan Hooker and guys like that out yeah. out in New Zealand. Oh yes, uh, so yes, 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 yes. I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, after that, there was uh, Ryan Ford. So he was he was originally teaching at PTT, um, just down the road from Tiger. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Ford was with me. He was from Canada. 
uh, he was with me for a bit as well, and he was a great coach. And then after Ryan Ford was when uh, John Boy got involved with Tiger as well. Yeah, so oh, mate, that's a, that's an impressive list of uh, boxing coaches that have obviously still from there gone on to do their own things. But you were the only, you were the original Western boxing coach of Tiger Muay Thai, the the one and only the first one, because it was always just Muay Thai. Then they obviously had all the like wood and all those bloody idiots over there doing all the strength and conditioning stuff. But you were the first. Yeah, that's it. So, like I was, uh, I was the yeah, I was the first West, Western boxing coach in Tiger. Um, probably like in in Phuket. I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember there being any other. Yeah, like, that's true. Coach. Actually, yeah. Well, it, that's a it's a pretty popular class, man. Because that's the reason why I went. Because I'm an old man, and I don't want to kick anymore, so I just want to use my hands. So that's why I just I, I seen Western boxing and went, oh okay, I'll, I'll do that. And that's how I met you, obviously. But it's it's quite a it's quite a popular a popular class, isn't it? it sorry, is it a popular class? Do, do you see that? Did they have good numbers? Well, I mean, I was there; they had yeah, great definitely. numbers. Definitely over you know just before just before COVID hit, yeah. we ended up having like average we were averaging like eighty to hundred people every day for the for the boxing class. Mm-hmm. The class on the program, um, but yeah, there's always always big big classes. You know, there's always a lot of people coming out there and a lot of variety for them to, to train in different classes and fitness and the Muay Thai and the wrestling and um, I- and the MMA with the brothers and yeah, it was um, it was always loaded. You know, that place was like a machine. Just mm. running so many people through there. I noticed that it wasn't just, they didn't just have amateur and and beginners. There was there was even like the professional UFC or MMA fighters that were doing striking there as well. I was I was quite surprised to see them in there. Yeah, so we talked about um, separating the classes and making two different programs, but and we thought you know like people people were enjoying it um, training alongside like but, you know yeah. we'd have. Mm. Every person training alongside USC fighters and USC champions and stuff like that. So I think that that's what kept the like really good energy there as well. Um, you know, every you could have like an everyday Joe trainer with yeah world class fighters and um, they enjoyed that too. You know, it's also you know like even as like obviously I'm not a world class UFC fighter, but even you just giving back to to some people, it, it puts a smile on their face. You know, like there's obviously days where you're having you're having a you know kind of a day and you're just like oh mate you leave me alone but it's good for the fighters sometimes as well just to give back to the to everyone else and put a smile on someone else's face and mix and match you know yeah that's it and yeah put a smile on their face and help them out as well and um you know we had with the fight team and that we had a lot of people like yeah it was a good team and that and or they were giving back as well and helping out the people when they came along and yeah it it, it was enjoyable you know for everybody involved yeah so just touching on that mate just uh, so, run us through a couple of the uh, the the guys that that you you've helped along the line. You know, just I know you. So you were at Tiger for seven years, pretty much straight on. So you got a it's a lot of days to fill. But just some of the the fighters that you really enjoyed coaching, and obviously the ones with the greatest accolades. Yeah. So uh, I, there's, so, there's a few actually. I ended up. I ended up working with um, Alex Volkanovsky over the last few years, because um, he was also he was also in the sponsored team from 2014. Mm-hmm. So um, I built a good uh, a good you know base base with him, and we we worked together over over the last few years quite a lot. Um, same with guys like Dan, Dan Hooker as well yeah. from New Zealand. Uh, Brad Riddell. Brad was also originally a um, he was the kickboxing K1 striking coach. 
Um, but yeah, we got a lot of working together as well over the years, and it's good to have those guys there. Yeah, well, that's um, that's they're pretty big names. You still going, aren't you? Are you still yeah. going with the names? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I worked with Dan Kelly a little bit. He came out a few times, yeah. and um, his team, Ben Sassoli, uh, these guys are on the USC. I worked with um, Loma Loma Lukunmi. She's the she's the only Thai USC fighter that's ever been in in the UFC. There was a there, um, sorry, mate. Just to digress and stop you there. There was a a a girl you were working with when I was there. This is you know, two twenty. Was that is that the girl you're talking about? She had good. She was very good and she was very staunch. She didn't talk much. <laughs> That, that probably her. Um, yeah, so I got to work with her and um, Demir, Demir Ismagulov, he's from Russia. Um, I mean, these people are from all, from all over the world. Uh, my good friend, Will Chope, he, he was always there coming to, to my classes and we got a few sessions in it together as well. Um, the Tougher Brothers, both uh, Justin, uh, Justin, yeah, got, got working with the Tougher Brothers. Um, Ian Heinich, uh, Matt Fravola, Sasha, Sasha. Uh, Dry from Africa. So Sasha, um, Sasha, sorry mate, he's the sing- is he the Singaporean white guy? <laughs> Hold on, Sasha. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's from Hong Kong. He, Hong, Hong Kong, Kong sorry, Hong Kong. He's um, born in Hong Kong, but yeah, he's in. He's just in the UFC now, isn't he? Yeah, he's he just fought last weekend. He he, he didn't he didn't win his fight, but. I mean, that happens as part of a game. Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. So talk to me with um, things like where where in the world has has this boxing taken you or like, you know, the cornering fights or fights yourself? Like what, just through your martial arts journey, what, what have you got to see from, you know, from this big, bloody, wonderful planet Earth? Yeah, it was, uh, it's been good too, you know, being able to coach and corner uh, different fighters all around the world. And um, yeah, like I've been most of, mostly parts of Asia and uh so Japan, I went to Japan as well. Like that was a, that was a great experience. We went to Japan with one of the K1 fighters. Yeah, Malaysia and Singapore. Kazakhstan went to Kazakhstan with one of my, with my good good, good mates. Um, yeah, Kazakhstan. Shit. Yeah, that would have been refreshing. Michael Dubois, one of my friends. He's from France. Um, yeah, Michael Dubois. We went with Kazakhstan and fucking so cold there. <laughs> You need to get a polar bear on your chest or something, yeah, just to keep warm. So, so mate. China and stuff like that. Yeah, just everywhere. We've got got to travel around a fair bit. Mate, unbelievable, man. See, a lot of people don't don't get to see that stuff as well, you know. Like, you've obviously progressed into being world-renowned. And like I said, I've, I've trained with you, man, and you're one of the most amazing coaches I've ever worked with. Just there's... The things that I liked about the way you coach, man, was your like your terminology on things. You know what I mean. You make it simple. It's obviously easier because you're an Aussie, and I, you know, I live in Aussie, and I can understand that. But just the your way of coaching, man, was it was, um, you know what I mean. I, it was one of the only times I used to get excited to come in. I didn't feel like I was doing work, you know, like it's, like I, I appreciate and I, it, and I don't mean this in uh, any. It's good to work with you, man. It was, uh, it was good to get you get you ready for for that fight that you had. You know, it's, it was good working with you and get you ready and prep for, for that competition and it was yeah man like i said it was amazing like and i, and I don't mean this in in any negative aspect but like obviously there's the the language barrier things but you know you go to do your muay thai with the thai guys and it's just bang 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 you know like smashing it out which is obviously a, a great part of what's needed to you know build your cardio and stuff like that but the way that like i'm saying the terminology you use on things like that man it just made me you know it, it made me feel like things were flowing a lot better as well and that was that was an awesome thing to experience as a fighter that- no, that's it. You gotta, you gotta break it down. You know, like it, um, build on the IQ and 
the the easier the easy, the, the more you can simplify something for somebody in the, the easier that, that they can understand it so when you when you really work on breaking breaking techniques down and it just makes it so much easier for for people to learn and understand that's yeah that's because you are the nurturer i'm not going to call you the sledgehammer anymore mate i'm going to call you sam the nurturer fucking bastard <laughs> obviously seven years you dedicated to yourself down at tiger and you've worked with the best of the best you obviously you know lived in paradise mate it's, it's where you know we we build our relationship i've known you for a few years in that but so you you've returned back to australia so have you moved on from tiger or there's still you there's still chances you'll be back there in the future what what, what where are you at in your coaching coaching now yeah for now i mean for now like uh, i had to come back anyways like i uh, had, had a couple of family things going on and I hadn't also seen my family for about two and a half, three years. So I thought, you know, it's it time to come back for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did decide to make the move back to Australia. Um, you know, just the way the current situation is in, in the world with the, with the COVID and stuff like that. So that made, that also made it very hard um, financially in, in Phuket. Um, you know, like the salary and stuff like that. Like we lost a lot of our salary and mm. I lost a lot of my client base. So yeah, it was just, you know, I was also thinking, you know, I had to go back when my, my mum was quite sick and, um, yeah, there was a couple of, a couple of reasons that pulled me back towards Australia and, um, yeah, that's the decision I made to, to come back and, yeah, I um, think it was, a, yeah. When I was there, the panty was just hitting, like I was flying home, it was March, beginning of March, yeah. it was just hitting. Um, so, how did that affect um, Phuket and that area in itself? I think, uh, yeah, it's it's been real bad. Like especially, especially countries like uh, like Thailand and other Asian countries. You know, those those countries don't really get much support off the government. So pretty much the whole of Thailand, what's well, probably like 80 percent, like they need they need tourism. You know, tourism, it's like yeah. runoff. So they're they're copping it left, right, and center. And you, basically, that country's going through a recession right now. And um, no one's making money and people are out there doing, you know, crazy things to try and Jesus. feed their family. You know? So yeah. well, I, I kind of find ourselves quite lucky here in Australia that we, that we do have a, a good, a good, uh, like not a good government, but <laughs> a government that can financially. Yeah. I mean, socially the government is pretty good. Socially we have, you know, the, you know, Medicare and, and all the, the government grants and um, the uh, social security and everything like that, which is good for the government. Yeah, we're, we're in a lucky country, mate. It is, yeah, man. Like yeah, like, yeah. like you were touching on, bro, like the you know the whole of economy of Thailand, well, not the whole, but like I said, majority of it's based on tourism and like we were obviously yeah. there. I was the opposite. <laughs> I was only by the fact that it just started to hit here and I, was, I had a bit of money saved up and I was like, oh, fuck this, I'm not... I'm not dealing with this. I'm gonna go sit on the beach for two months because that's what everyone thought. You know, a couple of weeks, this thing's over. I got I got on the second last plane that was allowed out of Australia. Oh, really? There was only eight people on my flight, that, and then I landed on the eighth, I think, of March or something like that. On, oh, uh, my, my, so it might have been just a little bit later than that, and ended up getting stuck. <laughs> but like, like you were touching on, man. Like you hear some fucking horror stories in Thailand. You know, for what for what it's done for me personally, and obviously you, you had you know great life, great life there and things like that. It's 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 sad to see, man. And you hear these stories of like poor families going into the police station with one yaba pill, like which is meth, 
Yeah. They go in with one Yaba pill with the whole family, take it to the police so that they can get arrested, so they can get somewhere to sleep and no, food and food for the night, man. It was it was all over Phuket news for a while. That's they had to they had to tell people to stop fucking stop doing that, you know, and just the way of the world. But so like you said, you've you've come back, man, from you've come back from Phuket now, you're you're hooked back up with um a good another great Australian boxing coach, Jesse Sanchez, down at the Legends yeah, Gym. I've known, I've known Jesse for uh, I've known Jesse pretty much the whole time I've been out in Thailand, so I'd say about seven years or so. Um, yeah, I met him out there, and we always got you know we always got along really well, and he'd always come out and help me with um, he what yeah when he'd be there he'd help me with the classes, and um, you know we've formed a good a good friendship and a good relationship, and then when I when I was deciding to come back, you know he was like yes straight away he's like you know if you want to work and you want to come you know join join the gym and that and that's the first thing that I did you know as soon as I as soon as I arrived in Sydney um I done my quarantine and then um I was straight to the gym and then we got straight into it and pretty much that's, that's how it started with with Jesse at Legends yeah straight, I remember when because we were both trying to leave Thailand at the same time, eh? And I was, and we were talking to each other every day, like, "Oh fuck, I got this person's email. Like, we could talk to them." And then you, you, you got to get out there, which was, which was great. And then I remember I was, like, using not as like you know, for lack of a better term, I was using you as the guinea pig for quarantine. And every day I was like, "Oh, bro, how's quarantine, man? You know, what are you doing? Like, what, what, do I, what do I do to prepare myself? You know, like, because it was like we're going to jail pretty much, but and I was like, "Oh, you know." And my first thing was, "Mate, what's the food like?" You know? <laughs> but then. So, yeah, that was man. That was a good laugh. I was always having a laugh about that. So you, when you came back, man, like you haven't had much of an opportunity, eh? Because we've pretty much been in lockdowns since we've gotten out. Yeah, that's it. You know, like I got back and I spent maybe two weeks in Sydney, and then um, I seen my I seen my family down down the coast and that, and uh, down near Tarain Port, and um, I then flew up to I flew up to Cairns for a couple of weeks to to see my old man. And then after that, I came straight back to Sydney and then I was back for about two or three days and lockdown happened again. And just, yeah, that's, that's, that's it so far. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at the gym now. What, what's the gym called again, mate? Le- Legends. Legends. Legends Whereabouts are they? Yeah, station Kensington. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good area and. Uh, the gym, the gym's, you know, it's a, it's a good, well-run gym and it's like a, it's like a family community gym. Yeah. Is, um, it, is it a boxing, striking, uh, uh, Muay Thai type of gym, boxing gym? Yeah, or, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a bit of everything there. Yeah. There's, um, general fitness and gym use and uh, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, All a little bit of submission grappling and stuff like that. Oh, so, nice. a bit of everything. Yeah. But at the moment, obviously... Arnie Gladdy has got you all locked down, and uh, and you can't have the gym open. But you having how you, how you, how you making money? How you how you training? What are you, what are you guys doing then? Now, uh, on and off with the PTs. Yeah, you know, like pretty strict with the with the rules and of the course. lockdown regulations and shit. But we just got to make do with what we can do, I guess, at the moment. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of other people out there that are that are a lot worse off than us. Um, but we just gotta do what we can and just keep moving, eh? Yeah. So you um outdoor you, you, your car park, you can use your car park to do some PTs. Yeah, we have got an outdoor area. Nice. Um, where we do have to do throughout the days, and um, we just gotta make sure that we don't have we don't have too many people there at, one, at any one given time, and just do our best to do our best to stay out of, out of out of the way. Yeah. And um, just do what we can. No worries, man. Oh. 
it was fucking awesome. Awesome catching up with you, brother. It was really no, good. Good, really, really good to see your face. Haven't seen you. Later. Sorry. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, let me on your on your podcast and Dude. hopefully we can jump on in the future again and have a bit more of a bullshit. I'm sure we will, mate. I'm sure like um when when the uh, lockdowns do lift and we come up to Sydney, we can come to your, train at your gym or have a beer with you and then maybe have a a a, a chat, a chin wag face to face. That'll be fucking awesome. Boys down here. Yeah, up up there, mate. We're down there. We're down in the cold here. <laughs> Where are the Mexicans, mate? Where are the Mexicans down here? But like again, man, just want to give you guys a, just a quick shout out as well for everyone. So just run us through obviously your socials and then the gym that you're at. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just my socials um, on Instagram, Sam underscore Baston. Same with Facebook, just Sam Baston. Um, just jump on and give us a follow and a, give us a hoy. And uh, if you ever down in Sydney, uh, come along to Kensington Gym and get involved with uh, some classes and or a PT or something. Any yeah, of our Sydney listeners, it, mate, looking to sharpen up the boxing skills, you know where to go. Sammy the Sledgehammer Bastard. Just give my, give my little sister a shout-out to her birthday today too, so, so 21st. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mini Sledge or Mini, <laughs> mini Nurturer. Is she the Mash Hammer? <laughs> the Mash Hammer. <laughs> nah cheers thanks a lot mate and once again guys if you're in sydney man you want to get the best striking coach in the world in the world you go see sammy the sledge um because he's, he's he's helped some of the the greatest ufc well ufc champs he's helped and also he's helped me <laughs> all right mate cheers brother have a good one see you later bro uh, see, see you sammy take it easy see you brother see you guys no worries, man. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that takes a lot of coaching. That's right, Sammy. I am hard work. After the break, we catch up with Roy the Rebel Wheels. And we're back. We've got the big Roy. We've we've crossed over. We're using this technology of the Zoom, and we've got the man himself, Roy the Rebel, Roy the Rebel Wills. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Good, my bro. I like um. I I just want to say I just want to thank you for just taking your time out of your day because I know you're with your lovely wife right now in your car. So the viewers can't see. I mean, um, the listeners can't see. We're gonna make yeah. it as quick as possible, mate. So we we'll make it be, make it as quick. Don't all get yelled at. <laughs> no, we're only joking, Jacinta. Jacinta's cool out. G'day, G'day Sint. No, I'm good. This technology is great, isn't it? Like, literally just being able to be out and about and then, you know, quick correspondence with you boys. Yeah, and the best, yeah, I like, and I love, I love the Zoom calls as well because we can see your face and get, you know, and do all that sort of shit. If, if you want, I'll jump and give you a quick tour of the city, you know. For the listeners that, that don't live in Perth, mate, I'm sure they'd be fucking, no, they fucking wouldn't, man. They'd be so fucking bored, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, let's crack uh, into it, Roy. Roy. So uh, how many boys did you guys end up having? So it was only Big Al on the Muay Thai Grand Prix, wasn't it, for you, from the pit? It was, yeah. We just had uh, we just had Big Boy. He was headlining it, so it was a... Uh, Road to Muay Thai Grand Prix. Um, I think that was the third of 
four shows they're doing this year. So they've got one more big show in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have we have a few more boys on that. But yeah, this one was more uh, a lot of a lot of amateurs, novice fights. So a, a bit of padded at the start of of the card. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as it got toward the end, we had um, um, yeah, a few pro fights. So um, it was cool. They had you know there were there were some good fights on there. They had uh, for the first four women tournament. Um, yeah, Tiff didn't. Uh, who won? <laughs> who won that one? Was it good? Oh uh, yeah, so they had the the format of it was a little different. So they they had the prelims. So obviously there's four of them. The two fights happened, um, and then the final is going to be on their next show in October. So it's not a traditional like tournament no. where you fight twice in one night. Which um, I'm a massive fan of that kind of set, uh, yeah. that format. You know, like I, I I've been in like seven of them myself. So. You love them, don't you? Oh, uh, beautiful. I, yeah. They're, they're fucking great. I love them. Have they're, you ever done an eight-man or, or anything more than a four-man, or has it mainly just been four-mans? I was in one eight-man at Rebellion Fit X Eliminator, um, and I was the only white dude to make it to the semis. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, but I didn't make it to the final, so I fuck, just had to Fuck you and your white privilege, motherfucker. <laughs> there was there was a, uh, a show in Darwin on a few a few months ago. It was, uh, what are they, what, Australia's toughest toughest man or something it was a 16 oh, man heavyweight 16 yeah. man, they only ended up, up getting uh, 10 entrants so i think they cut it down to an eight man yeah but they're trying oh, to get okay. 16 man so it's five four wait four fights in one four night fights. a that bit too a much night. and that's a long night yeah, too that's a fucking long night eight, eight <laughs> man's are probably the limit i'd say that like before it gets non-competitive like mm. By yeah. the time you get to the final, sometimes the guy that's won all the fights doesn't even make it because he's so injured. So They're banged up, yeah. yeah. So who won? Who won the? Uh, who won the the four woman tournament? Yeah. So um, it was um, Saskia um, from Seldy's gym. She won, but she came in overweight. So the girl that she fought, oh, I'm mind blanking on her name. That's okay. She's had eight pro boxing fights or nine, and like two or three Muay Thai fights. Mm. Um, but she jumped in for the Muay Thai, and um, she lost. But because she, the other girl Saskia didn't make weight, um, she's not advancing to the final in October. And then the other one was Megan Berberick from Riddler. She won her fight. Mm. She fought Jess Siri. So yeah, Megan Berberick um, defeated Je- uh, Jess Siri. Um, so she moved into the final, and she'll face Nakia. Nakia, I think it was. Um, yeah. So that'll be cool. The reason why they don't have two fights in the one night is it is it because they they they're, they're girls? Should we even talk about that? Oh look, I, because they're I, fucking Muay Thai fighters. Yeah, yeah the women so, are tougher than the blokes yeah, anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> I spoke to I spoke to a lot of the um I think I spoke to like most of the three of the girls and um they were all kind of like yeah you know we would have loved it if it was the standard format um mm. as well but I think I think it's just the promoters eliminating the um the wild card the factor of injury yeah, not letting yeah. the best fight in yeah and well, i can appreciate that side of things but i think that's what makes the tournament setting so exciting you like that yeah. x factor don't you yeah well that's why I've, i think i've been able to win a couple of them as well is yeah. because like yeah i might not have been as skillful as like the tie or whoever i was fighting in the final mm. but like maybe that had a harder more taxing fight than I yeah, did, yeah. and that even the odds, you know. Yeah, fuck yeah, it. more durability. So the um the final is that also going to be on a road to Muay Thai Grand Prix, or that the final is going to be held on the actual 
main Muay Thai Grand Prix card? I think their next show, I think, is a Muay Thai Grand Prix. But, I mean, like, the obviously the state of the borders right now um, <laughs> makes it hard for their kind of them to justify um, it being like a really big show. So it might be another road two with a few pro fights on the end. Because, you know, yeah. we've only got a handful of pro fighters in the state. Um, so to make it a full professional fight card is kind of hard at the moment without fly-ins. Awesome. So talk to us, man. Any any uh, up-and-coming names we should be looking out for? Anyone that stood out on the card? Yeah, definitely. I um, Max Milne from Riddlers. He's, Fucking Riddlers I think gym. he's 17 now. Yeah. Riddlers has really, like, they've got a lot of good talent. Um, they've through, just yeah. got such a large... Yeah, they've got such a large, like, a lot of members, which mm. means they've got a lot more kind of people coming up through the ranks with those yeah. opportunities to have fights, you know. Yeah, that Max, is it Max from the young 17-year-old from Riddlers? That guy's going to yeah, be Max fucking, Ma oh, dude, 10 years time, mate, perfect for the fucking oh, Olympics. Man. 2032, Olympics, man, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. He'll be 27. He'll be 27, yeah. <laughs> Is that is that is that a good yeah. is that a good fighting? That, that, that's, that's a good a, name to look out for in the yeah. future, then, especially over the next couple of, couple of years. Yeah. So let's yeah. back on. So we were talking about the border things, and luckily the main event actually went ahead because I know Jono flew down from um, from the Northern Territory and only just made yeah. it by the skin of his teeth, or he, he came, yeah. came in early or something. He did. He came a little early, I think, um, and I'm not sure if he had to quarantine in Darwin before he came. And quarantine when he got here. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the specifics, but there was quarantine involved. So he had limited training at one point, you know, being able to just basically do what he could out of a hotel room. Mm, um, yeah. But, you know, Jono, as tough as they come, he's been like that for years, you know, just wanted to fight, wanted the, uh, the fight to go ahead for the promoters and all that and um, got all the way here, did the training that he could. Where was he training? And jumped in against... Uh, did he train with Rid at, um, at Riz, was it, or I'm not sure? He was training at Riddler's while yeah, he was yeah. here, yeah, when he went out of the quarantine, yeah. so. Um, and, That's incredible to, to Jono for that, for, man, for, you know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure he's in quarantine now at the moment back at Darwin. Yeah, so, yeah, he probably is, man. So, fighters fight, yeah. man, and that's, that's the sacrifice that people make. So good on you, Jono Arvin, if you're listening, mate. And I'm lucky yeah, so walk us through the main event. So your boy, Big Al, you got the chockies? Yeah, so, yeah, managed to get the win. Um... It was, uh, it, he started very well, you know, like um, we, our whole kind of game plan was to use his range because um, mm. he's, you know, he's a big boy, but he's quite long as well when he can and explode from a long distance. Mm. So, you know, that was that game plan, kind of like power shots on the outside when he kind of starts, if he starts to get hurt on the ropes or anything, then come in with big elbows. That was our game plan. Um, Al hurt him early. Um, with body shot, I think, and, and a couple of big headshots, like mm. punches. Um, and then I think, like, just seeing that kind of red, that danger, um, Alex kind of, he lost his composure a little bit and kind of started rushing a bit. And um, he, he more than did enough to win the fight. He got a couple of eight counts on Jono uh, in the, in the I think maybe one in round two, one in round three. Um, just standing eight counts just because Jono was, you know, kind of stuck in the corner, couldn't really defend himself. Um, but, you know, he got the win, definitely things we can work on. Yeah, um, it was yeah. entertaining. Jono fought, you know, swinging to the end, you know, he was throwing some big, 
haymakers that I reckon if they connected, they, Alex might have been in a bit of trouble. So he made it. It was an entertaining fight up until the end. Um, Alex managed to cut Jono as well with a yeah, so beautiful step up Alex at some point. So. Alex, uh, Al just uh, posted that one on uh, on his Instagram. Like I think, um, yeah. uh, I think Jono sent him a message and showed him the the scar. He goes, "Thanks a lot, mate, for this uh, battle scar." <laughs> Yeah, he goes, I'm still prettier than you, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so um, what's next for Big Al then, man? So, what he, how many fights has he got under his belt now? I think that was, uh, I think that was his 12th. Um, okay. So, yeah, he's he's quickly rising through the ranks of the, you know, Australian scene. He's a he's a WBC heavyweight state champion. So. At this point, like he he's probably the hardest trainer in terms of like how often he trains yeah. um, out of anyone I've met. Um, so yeah. he'll just keep training, staying fit, working on like his strength. Um, in terms of game plan, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board, make sure what happened, where he went wrong doesn't like happen again. Um, and I guess we kind of just wait for the borders to to relax a bit. Mm. There's a couple of people maybe he can fight like a couple of times here, like Luke Miller from Riddlers. I'm not sure if he's still fighting, but if he can fight him again, it'd be... Those, those they're one and one, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they could fight a couple more times and might be a different result every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Alex is on that kind of like really good rise at the moment. He's developing his skills well. And um, yeah, so... I think once the borders open, it'd be good, you know, test him against some big boys from other states. And then once this, you know, how long it takes, once this shit blows over and yeah. we can travel around the world, you know, that that's where the, the big heavyweights and the, the true skill for him would be. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you take him over. over. So what, what's your, um, what's your coaching record now, mate? Then three weeks? Uh, oh, I don't know. I haven't really been taking, oh, no, no you had, so no, had, yeah. Three wins, three loss, but um, one of the wins was a bit. How you going? Right? Oh, one of the losses, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That, so, so, so you've got you got two state titles. Yeah. Is um was that was that a state title on um on Saturday night? Nah, that okay, was just yeah. a uh, that was just a fight because Jono was from Darwin, so. Oh, so what's yeah. next for you? So, so no, you, yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, no, it was a good result. Good result. We'll just get all the boys back in the gym now. Um, while there's kind of a downtime, there's no no shows in the kind of immediate future. Yeah. Um, this is the best time for like all our boys to, and girls to come down and and work on things that they might not be comfortable with. You know, like there, there's not an urgency to get fit, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they're not in fight camp, so um, I think yeah, now um, we'll probably just you know slowly work on some cool drills and some tactics and all that stuff at the gym you're spreading your coaching love yeah. now mate you're getting that you're getting that cerebral yeah. fighter that thinking man's yeah. fighter you're teaching the boys and then and the girl yeah, teaching yeah. the boys and the girls um i was listening to yeah. the um listening to the rebellion podcast and with um parnham and um parnham i've forgotten the other fellow there's Cy parnham and another fella and they were saying here in walsh here in walsh. walsh yeah it was saying they were saying how um Last I was saying that Blair is uh, was the best decision that he's ever made, giving you the coaching job. So are you oh, in, yeah. are you enjoying the coaching? You must. Oh, be I love it. it. You it's fucking just, love it. Yeah, so good. That's good. But it's not only the like the, you know the I like I love teaching. Yeah. Um, Muay Thai. 
Um, but also just like the lifestyle now that it's enabled me to have um, outside of Muay Thai, like I've got so much more energy. Like, yeah, uh, my wife, she, like she's commented saying, you know, I'm, I'm actually no, so she's there, energy. she's like, there right now, she's there right now. Yeah. Um, Jacinta, what do you reckon, mate? <laughs> You love it? Well, he has more time to yeah, he has more time to do chores around the house. So I'm all for <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. It's hard, eh, man? Yeah. I'm, I'm the same now. And, like I made a promise to myself that I'd never go back to construction or never be told, you know, oh, you can go for lunch now or you have to be here at this time. Or it's just nice to have a bit of freedom. And and it's true what they say, you know, if you. If you do what you love, you never really work a day in your life. But that's a lie, though, because you are. But you work more. But you're enjoying the work. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make yeah. sense? Yeah. You do. You actually it, working it, more, it but you're enjoying like, it. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't seem like work. So mm. the act of going to work, like, I'll get home and my wife will be like, "Oh, how was training?" She never says, "How was work?" You know. So no, I think no. that kind of whole mentality for me as well is yeah. like. Yeah, just just um just so positive, you know. I think it's the extra energy as well. There's been such a difference, which oh, has been nice. That's mm. good. That's good. Oh, mate, just into this is awesome. This is really good. <laughs> exclusive, <laughs> mate. This is exclusive stuff. I'm also a guest. Sorry, you're also <laughs> yeah. what? A guest on this podcast episode. Oh, you, are, you are. You are a guest. It's just I'm going to put this down. Just into the Rebs. Just into and the Rebs. Thank you very much, Roy. Mr. and Mrs. Wills over there in WA. Cheers for that. And um, look, we'll, we'll get in contact and we'll probably talk to you in the next couple of weeks, mate. Sounds good, boys. Thank you. No worries, mate. Thanks, Roy, mate. See you, Jacinta. See you later, coach. Bye. Bye, Mrs. Wills. Later. <laughs> Once again, mate, it's been a jam-packed episode. <laughs> I'd like to thank Sam the Sledge. Or, should we call him the Nurturer? <laughs> hey? Nah, no. we'll, we'll let him in the sledge over a bit. Maybe when he gets a bit older and, you know, we'll call wisdom. We'll, <laughs> we'll call him the nurturer. We'll put him into the nurturer. And obviously, and obviously we'd like to thank big, uh, uh, the rebel to, to touch base with us. Our WA correspondent. Our WA correspondent just telling us all about uh, um, what happened on Saturday night. Great. Great work. But once again, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, be sure, if you could, guys, if you if you could really subscribe. I, we have so many listeners, but no one's subscribing. There's like seventy percent of you guys that, that aren't subscribing, and it just helps our algorithm. If you could leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and also you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and soon to be Twitter and the TikTok. <laughs> it's just TikTok, you silly old bastard. Not the TikTok. <laughs> well, fuck you, young buck. <laughs> Until next week, strikers. Once again, my man. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Peace, guys. See you next Peace. week. Peace. Peace.